Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I don't have anything to say to start the show. <laughs> I was sitting here. That's why I kept going, like, beforehand, you're like, you ready to go? I'm like, yes. I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. Positive. Yes. And each time I, like, said yes longer, I was like, I don't have anything clever or witty to, like, banter with to begin. Yeah, why would you start now? Thanks, Giuliani. Do you get my joke? Do you get my reference? Of course not. Because you're a dullard. If you're new here, uh, <laughs> that's like one of the worst insults. I don't think I've ever called somebody that before. <laughs> Just not true. Uh, if you're new here, uh, I slander my wife. You're an asshole. And then we talk about a random movie we watch from a massive movie collection. That's currently sitting in a closet and is somehow not breaking the shelf in it. Oh my gosh. I think that's we all have too of them. Stuff. I think it's all of them. What I was able to get all my movies all in one closet because like, there might be other things like on top of other things elsewhere. I don't know. Well, they would all be in that room. We've so I realized, pretty much everything else. So I, I need to start doing that soon because after next week's episode of Apollo 13, the next like episode I have planned, I haven't found yet. I think I actually was able to confirm it's streaming somewhere, so we'll figure that out. And then depending on what we do today, because today is our can't pick, um, our pick them off, can't pick. We got too many fucking gimmicks. This podcast is like the fucking... The Harlem Globetrotters. I was going to go wrestling. I was going to have like the fucking well, yeah, that's Kevin Nash of fucking... Dullard. The Harlem Globetrotter. Name me four Harlem Globetrotter gimmicks. They spin the ball in the finger. Mm-hmm. They go through the hoop when they dunk. Uh, I mean, they go through the hoop I've when seen they it. dunk. I've seen it. What the fuck? I mean, from old Scooby Doo, maybe. <laughs> they go head first How through did the. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was on Scooby Doo. Okay, so you're still at one. No, it's two. That they doesn't count. From somewhere. They put the really tall one in a small car when they went on the Amazing Race. You're still at one. <laughs> Don't they do like uh, the guy goes under the other guy's legs, like in like Mike? You're still at one. <laughs> Don't they have like a cannon? <laughs> I'm not wrong. They don't have a cannon at the Harlem Globetrotters game. I don't know. I've never been to one. Have you? I think actually I have. But I don't when? remember. It. I was like three. My mom's like, let's take my son to a Harlem Globetrotters game. Why did your mom go to a Harlem Globetrotters game? She was trying to find anything to entertain me, I guess. I don't know. No, I think in one of these like bins. Like, remember when every time my mom would come like visit, she'd be like, oh, I brought you a bin of shit you don't want. Um, there was a Harlem Globetrotters like program in one. I was like, I don't remember this. So it had to have been like before. Like, I remember uh, the program for like the Disney on Ice, and that was like when I was like three, I think. I don't know, because also, she might have bought the program, and we didn't go. Because I, I have the Ninja Turtles program, we didn't see that show. That was sold a Pizza Hut, though, so it's different. Um, I don't know, man. Fucking, you could have done the, 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 bucky, the, bucket of, the bucky, the bucket of confetti and the bucket of water gimmick. You could have done um, uh, the, like the, the ball trick in their jersey. You could have done... Yeah, I said all those things. Shut the fuck up. So it is August 24th, 2022. Uh, it has been a wild week for us. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Just with work. I'm so tired. Yeah, we're very tired. We stupidly, Monday night, stayed up. We finally caught up on Only Murders in the Building. 
for season two, and we finished like 11.45, and I realized as we finished that the finale was going to be live in like 15 minutes, and I was like... Do we do we actually do this? Like we're yeah. We we thought we were twenty five again. Nope. And I was so oh look, we both just tired. like reclined our chairs a little. We more. might fall asleep in the middle of this podcast. This was like forty eight hours ago, and we still we're are still just, recovering. We're still recovering from it because also we've been super slammed at work. Uh, I had like three meetings basically all at once today. I was like. You know, in, like, Boy Meets World, when, like, Corey has to go to, like, the wrestling match, but also to Benga's, like, birthday party. I was like that, like, going back and forth. Except everyone knew what I was doing. I suppose, like, Corey's trying to, like, be under the, you know, the guise for both. Um, we're getting my car repaired. Uh, we're still working on the house. Everything we order for the house, like, we need more of. Then it's on stock. Or... We need to get something fixed, and the person's not responding, and we, we just got a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, and this weekend, we're going out of town, visiting family. And the following weekend, we're going out of town for a wedding. It just never ends here. And the weekend after that, we're going to the Hall of Presidents. Hey, don't spoil it. We're going to have a full report in a couple weeks on Steve Rial's birthday weekend, which if you've been listening to the show for quite some time, you know, uh, is never... A Never actual expensive activity. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's always something fun, uh, tongue in cheek. Anything else? We haven't we haven't had zero time to watch anything else besides only murders in the building, which we have finished. Uh, next episode, we should be able to have a recap because I believe Friday night we are going to be able to go to the movies once again with Jillian and my mother and us. Are you going to speak? Are you going to like I thought you were, attest? I didn't know that you were. Are you going to confirm that? Or yes, are you going to have a conversation, a podcast is normally a dialogue? You weren't done talking. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to be rude. If I stop talking, that's your cue to Oh, I don't talk. listen, so I don't know when you stop. I want to backhand you. Go on. Really bad. Do it. You're uh, a terrible actor. <laughs> You're a terrible actor. That was your opportunity. That was your chance. That was your Amber Heard moment right there. Oh, please. <laughs> They're both pieces of shit, so that's why we're perfect. Still not going to talk. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I will just... You can just go to bed. It's fine. Oh, okay. I'll just talk about this movie for 25 minutes and then get out of everyone's hair for the day. Um, we watched... Of one of our many gimmicks. She literally fell asleep, folks. So I'm just going to do this. I don't know if fuck. I, I'll, I'll make this quick. <laughs> I'm awake. You're never awake. That's my secret. It's like the Hulk. You know how the Hulk's always angry? Samantha's always asleep. Oh, so you're the sulk. I'm the sulk. You're the indelible sulk. That's a good one. Thanks. We watched Silver Linings Playbook finally yesterday. Um, this was a movie that you nominated uh, quite a while ago. Against, oh my god, I fucking reach for the box. American it. Hustle, probably. No, we never watched American Hustle. Well, I don't know then. Now I have to know because you, God, what do you do? What is your role here? Like entertainment. Honest, bullshit. I make the spreadsheets. Fuck. You don't do a goddamn thing. Okay, so it was recently-ish. Let me look at my big old. Oh, we're going to be digitizing this soon. It's the only thing we have to remember. Oh, yeah, give about. it to me. I'll do it now. No, give it to me right now. I'll make a spreadsheet right now. I don't have... Oh, that... You'll do that now? You can't talk to your husband. You can make a spreadsheet. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, that's accurate. Cool. It's appropriate. Good for you. That's so cool. Um, don't be jealous. I'm never jealous. Uh, where... Okay, so it's more recently than that. Um... The gimmick here, if you're new, is we watch a random movie from our, our Madison movie collection, but we nominate movies back and forth with one another. The movie that's not picked goes onto a list that you cannot pick until it comes out of the box. Or until we do this or until other we do this. gimmick. Oh, you nominated Small Soldiers against this. Why? Why was that? Why? I don't know. I just did it. It felt like it. Boggle my mind. I don't need a reason. Read the box. Read the box, oh. which is already getting an asterisk to it because this is an old blockbuster purchase, and it's a Blu-ray, and they didn't have Blu-ray cases, so they put it in a DVD case, and then they cut 
the, the box, so it's missing words. So but I said that's not my fault. Is there anything on the front? Did I do that? No. So no. I mean, I have, but it's fine. Yeah, but I, it's not a requirement, so I'm not going to do it. I can't really see. No. You're going. It's very small. I'm not reading that either. It's fine. <laughs> Pat Solitano, Bradley Cooper, has lost everything. His house, his job, and his wife. He finds himself living back with his mother, Jackie Weaver, and father, Robert De Niro, after spending eight months in a state institution on a plea bargain. While rebuilding his life, Pat is determined to remain positive and reunite with his wife despite the challenging circumstances of their separation. When Pat meets Tiffany, Academy Award winner Jennifer Lawrence, a mysterious girl with problems of her own, things get complicated. As their relationship plays out, an unexpected bond forms between them, and silver linings appear in both of their lives. Whew! Yes! Little ass font. It's like four, four yeah, type like that, font. Yeah, that was, that was good. I can't believe I did that. So this movie will always have a special place in my heart because it is uh, one of three reasons as to why I dominated the first ever fantasy movie league that took place at this point ten years ago um, because this came out in 2012, correct? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So ten. it's been ten years of movie leaguing. Um, I, I dethroned you. That's not true at all. Um, I had Lincoln, Argo, and this. And this I specifically got for I believe like nine dollars and proceeded to um get a lot of points with this because this was I believe the first movie in 30 years to get nominated for uh, all four of like the big five awards get nominated for picture director act or big six I should say picture director actor actress supporting actor supporting actress um was a runaway hit uh, kind of continued the role that David O. Russell would oddly find himself on at the beginning of the decade between The Fighter, This, and American Hustle. Mm-hmm. It was like a good one, two, three punch. Ha ha, I see what you did there. Because the of The fighter. fighter. Yeah, and then there's punching in this movie. Yeah. I'm sure there's a punch in American Hustle. I don't remember. I don't like that movie very much. Uh, just like, I've only seen this movie now, this is the second time I think we've seen this. We saw mm-hmm. it in theaters. And I really, really liked it in theaters. And I found myself being largely indifferent after watching it. Really? Yesterday. Had a lot of... I, I still think that um, the really, I'm performances surprised. make this movie ultimately, for me, probably wind up slightly above average. However, the other, like, 85% of the movie, what makes it up, the structure and the direction and the script and just the energy, I find very odd and off-putting. Is it because you don't relate because you... I've never had a mental problem in my life. Don't suffer with mental illness of any capacity. Well, you don't have a diagnosed mental illness of any capacity. Insulting ad. Um, <laughs> uh... I think it could be part of it. I think it could be. Um, Here's what I'll say. It could be part of it. But I think there's a way to still tackle it and address it in a movie without it feeling so cloying and so overbearing and so... uh, Give me an example. Like an example of how you would do it, or an example mm-hmm. of how this, of how the movie was these things. How you would do it? Um, a story that give me a, an example of a movie that told the same story better, in your opinion. The first example I have is What About Bob? Uh, and yeah, it sounds no. like no, no, it sounds sarcastic, but it's not because what that movie does is it makes you sympathize with Bill Murray. I don't ever sympathize with Bradley Cooper or Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. I sympathize that with them on a performance level because I feel that they each in their performances in some of the choices that they make with what they're provided rise above what the material is. 
However, I feel like the character... Not tropes, but the character MOs are actually pretty unbearable at times. Um, and it just get and they're just compacted into these scenes where it's just fucking pedal to the metal and you're trying to get laughs out of them, but you're also trying to get emotions out of them and just people yelling over one another and all these different things getting thrown at, at different characters and how they're reacting to them and all these different psychoses. And it just, at a certain point, I just got fucking, like, I just got tired of it. Like, very early on, I was just like, God, how much is left? Because it, it's a lot to deal with. If that's the intended purpose of this is what it's like to have, you know, mm-hmm. family members that have, you know, OCD or borderline personality disorder or gambling addiction or whatever it may be. Okay, well, that's that's its purpose. That doesn't necessarily mean it's an entertaining movie for me to watch. And this was very much trying to be an entertaining movie because it was also still trying to be like a romantic comedy. So that that's what. So I have a feeling that you feel opposite. Yes. I think I've nominated this movie like seven times. Uh, no, you've nominated it once because that's the rule. Well, no, but then didn't I like nominate American Hustle twice or something like that? I think you definitely nominated yeah, American Hustle. I think you are like oddly are a, a card carrying member of the David O. Russell fan club, yeah, which is something which you is shouldn't so be weird. a part of because it's so weird. He is he is a kind of a uh, controversial figure in the film world, which we can right, get but into. but I think that it's really important to separate the quality of work that's done versus like what people do because it and i think it's even more important now given all of the shit that's happened and come to light over the last few years of some people who are integral parts of movies oh i he is on a different you know it's it's like i guess he isn't he has a very large controversy section on his wikipedia i'm sure his his onset behavior has caused him to sure. get in a fist fight with george clooney there's the sure. infamous uh leaked onset argument with lily tomlin during i heart huckabees um sure. he also put amy emmy amy adams through the ringer making american hustle to the point where she's like i will never work with this man again he also apparently physically assaulted Christopher Nolan at a party in Hollywood, which I just would have loved to see. Um, I, I've mentioned all three of those things now. Um, he also apparently did have a sexual misconduct thing happen about ten years ago. Uh, and his movies also have just, I think, gotten this, like, a certain stigma to them because of his notoriety. And I think they don't age well. Not because of that, but I think it's, I don't know. I think he's an in the moment, the first time you see it director. So as an example, I saw The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle all in theaters and left them being like, I really like those. This is the first time I've rewatched Silver Linings Playbook and I've never seen The Fighter or American Hustle since. And I'm a cable movie person. I've seen those movies on TV before. It doesn't compel you. I don't stop and watch them. I don't be like, man, I really want to watch this movie. Yeah. They just kind of seep away to me. Um, Uh, So what is it about this movie and maybe some of his others that Well, I don't know. And I I don't know if it's really David O. Russell. It might be a coincidence. I think that the common through line is Jennifer Lawrence, which I think I've said on this show before that I'm a huge fan of. I think she's super talented. Um... So, so, so I don't know if I would correlate my uh, affection for this movie and for American Hustle with David O. Russell or with Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, she's, I think, undoubtedly, not to tip the MVP hat, but she's, and Bradley Cooper, they are the two best parts of, mean, both, of, these, of both of those movies. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're Handled, amazing. Easily. I mean, I think the chemistry between them... Tells the story. Great chemistry. I do relate to it a little bit more. You know, I've dealt with mental health issues uh, for as long as I can remember now, um, you know, to a certain extent that manifest themselves physically or just stay mental. Um, so, so, you know, it's... And when I was younger, and even now sometimes, there's always been a stigma around... It, which is what you see in this movie. Mm-hmm. They show that there's a stigma, and it was 
Well, this is also 10 years ago, and a lot has changed right. with the stigma right. of mental exactly. health Right, exactly. Like, this is kind years. of, like, when it started to change, when mental health became a, a part of the conversation, and people... You got mental health day, you know, like, like mental health days became part of the conversation for, right. you know, taking time off, you know, going to see a therapist wasn't something that people kept secret and, and right. things like that. This was kind of like the start of it. Um, but even then, like, you know, there's still like the scene with the brother and his friends. Um, oh, when they first go to the tailgate. When they like, first you go to the, the tailgate, yeah, 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 sure. and and it's and you do sympathize with Bradley. I sympathize with Bradley Cooper's character because it's like, you know, it's hard when look, life is hard, right? Like yeah. we talk about on the show, right? Life is hard. Talk about the beginning of the show, and that's without us having any serious mental or well, physical ailments, persistent, sure. like. I deal debilitating, debilitating. Because because I'm medicated. Sure. So 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 I think there's a difference there, right? So I, I think it's important that like this, right? Like life is hard. It's so much harder when you're going through it and you can't trust your brain. Right. You know, like you can't trust your thoughts and your feelings because you overreact or you underreact or you don't care how people perceive your reactions and you say things like you have social problems like you know in conversation like you know it's like so I related to this because the scene where in the the hospital scene when he not the hospital scene when he first goes to see Dr. Cliff and the Mm -hmm. song plays and he just starts like triggered yeah that triggering feeling it's like being in a crowd and then having something happen and like not being able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're drowning. And and I think that this movie did a good job of portraying that. Sure. Um so so I mean, yeah. So I think I like it. I like the subject matter. I didn't have too much of a problem with the script um because I think it felt to me it felt authentic. Um I think the script is absurd. <laughs> uh Particularly as it gets into the the focus on the gambling and the dance contest, like it's it's pretty balderdash. Sure. When but... when like you sit and think about it and look at it, um, it's yeah. But I mean, well, the, you're wrong. <laughs> I I think the other thing for me is. I, I, I kind of mentioned it before, so like the ailments of like the mood swings and this almost like stream of consciousness word vomit dialogue that Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence's character have because their brains are either not medicating or trying to deal with the situations around them. I, I, I'm assuming is probably pretty accurate for what their care like what. Yeah, so Bradley like Cooper live. is supposed to have bipolar disorder. I right, believe. and I believe the... Jennifer Lawrence has... Borderline personality disorder is what anxiety. I read. Anxiety. And anxiety, yeah. Well, I, I read both. It's never, like, officially said what they are. Um, so it's probably pretty accurate. Doesn't make it a good watch. Like... Yeah, but I, but I disagree. I think it was a good watch. I think it... Their chemistry, I think, makes up for the absurdity of things, and I think you have to take it to that level to get it. Like the dance itself was ridiculous. Oh, the dance itself is the best part. The it, dance, the end, is the best part of it, the movie. It's awesome, and then like their reactions of getting a five, yeah. and they're just superb joy. But I don't know. I I enjoyed all of their interactions. I really thought Robert De Niro did. A fantastic job. De Niro's in this, great in this well. In this movie, and I it's thought, great to see him engaged. Yes, he probably he one of the last times went for it, and it and just I think that this movie does such a great job with the cast and the chemistry created between them because you know the, I don't think that there was any like scene that didn't have strong chemistry between the two main. People in it, um, maybe one or two. But overall, I think that they did such a great job with this cast. It was a really good ensemble, and they played off of each other really well, which 
made it, I think, feel more real, like more true to to life. If it wasn't for the chemistry of Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, this movie would really, really, really suffer. Because mm. um, there are plenty of moments where. So, like, example, like, the when they meet. So, like, when he goes to dinner to his friend's house, and that scene is, like, really, like, a little drawn out. Like, him and his friend talking about, you know, his friend's problems and, you know, the debate about him wearing the jersey. And then as soon as Jennifer Lawrence, it's, like, thankfully shows up, their, their initial conversation is just amazing. And you get, you know, the problems of the two and how they're going to clash off of one another right away. And then they have this immediate connection when they're, you know, sharing pill stories. It's kind of almost like the the jaw scene of like, mm-hmm. you know, sharing mm-hmm. you know what uh, uh, injuries your body has had. Um, like all that's great, but like it like every scene to me, it there's like it's like an ebb like it's like a peak in a valley, where that scene started off pretty low and then it peaks with the two of them and then it keeps going and then when he's like walking her home it's to me just kind of like crashes because it's just turning on a dot what emotion it wants the audience to feel and like confusing them in a way that I don't think worked at least to me because there are times when, like, am I supposed to be laughing at the fact that she slapped him? All right, well, now she's crying and they're hugging. And then, you know, the next scene, we see them. It's being played up for laughs. And she's, like, running in and kind of scaring him. And then they're, there's not really a lot of laughs with, how, with their interaction goes. Like, that, that's a lot of the scene. How they're interacting with one another, I think, is very seamless and charismatic and believable in terms of their performances, but in terms of possibly their characters and like everyday life, I start to struggle with it. Um, the same thing goes with the, uh, with the diner scene, like the diner, the diner, the date, if you want, like the conversation Mm -hmm. in pieces Mm -hmm. is really, really great when he's, you know, asking her questions and, you know, he's never really been allowed to ask stuff like this before because of, you know, his, his wife and, you know, Jennifer Lawrence's character's history and whatnot. Um, and eventually it leads into like her freak out and the amazing line, I'm just a crazy slut with a dead husband. Ha ha ha. But like there's there that's like a fifteen minute scene. Sure. Okay. From beginning to end, because then they go to um like outside the movie theater and the cop gets involved and the freak out and stuff like there's just chunks surrounding bits that ultimately make the bits not as important or good to me. Okay. I mean, I can... I can concede that. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene, though, you already mentioned it, is the dance scene. I mean, the dance scene is the highlight of the movie. It There is a great build-up. The, um, the scene where they are... Talking like basically setting up the parlay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like of just a one long like tw- like twenty twenty five minutes basically from like the tailgate and everything getting ruined and De Niro having his own freak out. It's all like kind of like almost like a skip to me. I'm just like okay, let's you know get on it. Again, Jennifer Lawrence comes into the scene and interjects her character's ener- energy and her character's attitude and saves it. It ultimately becomes like I said this absolutely absurd, like. I, I I've never had a bookie. Um, yeah, but if you did, you unfortunately, wanted, you I want to be that to be, fucking guy. You wanted to be that guy. I want to be that fucking guy. But he's like a family friend that comes over for Christmas, but he's taking all their money. <laughs> like, I bet's a bet. I guess, but he's willing. But like, but like you, you just played poker with all your friends and took their money. It was forty dollars. It wasn't. But you don't it wasn't enough was money like, to open a restaurant. You don't know if that's all the money that they have. That's up to them if that's... Okay, exactly. Totally exactly. Different. Completely totally That the is same. livelihood. It's completely the same. People that's make dumb decisions the all the time. That is one people of the make... worst arguments I've ever heard. No, people make decisions like that all of the time. It's like Gamblers Anonymous and stuff. Amanda Rollins made oh, that up. same decision. She almost yeah, had her Bring SV, this is something accurate. Um... 
it all leads to the dance, and it's a perfect capper to like some of the insanity that that we've gone through. Yeah. To reach that point, I feel like the movie would have been so much better had it just been this like demented, dirty dancing rom com. Sure. Like when it is a rom com, it works. Like the end of the movie, you know the. I think the ending is a little maybe too hunky-dory. Like, kind of like the epilogue of them at the house watching the game. And Chris Tucker's hanging out. And he's friends with the family now. And, uh, you know, the brothers are hanging out. And, the you know, Robert De Niro's happy. And they're just smiling without their wedding rings and kissing and whatnot. Probably a little bit too, you know, buttoned up. And like, oh, everything's fine now. But, like, right before that, the, you know, for lack of a better term, the Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello... You know, the letter scene where they reveal that they love each other and make out. Like, I thought it was like, that's great. Like, that is classic romantic comedy, trope or not trope. Mm-hmm. It, it fucking it built up and it works and it came from this, you know, big, hilarious moment. Had it had more of that throughout it, I probably would have ended up liking it a lot more than I did because I feel like it soars when that happens. But when the theme is all over the place, I struggle to, you know, kind of remain invested in it. Um, do do you agree? I mean, we just did a romantic comedy last week. We did. That, you know, is a pretty paint-by-numbers in terms of storytelling. There's not a lot that you comedy. can do. There is. There's, There's been a few a that have... There's not a lot that you can do with a romantic comedy. There, there, there has been. Apparently in the past 10 years, I'd look, look at something like Crazy Stupid Love where, you know, not necessarily a, 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 the happiest ending, but a more realistic approach with kind of a twist in the middle of it that, that's not telegraphed. Um, the romantic comedies of the past 10 or 15 years largely became more so like Apatow, like R-rated raunchy comedies mm-hmm. as well. I guess this one's trying to be like the prestige indie R-rated. Yeah, I, I think that's an accurate I, I, statement. I, I guess it's also based off of a book that's trying to accomplish a lot of things, like you were saying about you know what it what what it what is it is like to have to live with it mental health yeah. issues. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it. I feel like it should have stayed in another lane. It would have been fine. Mm. Um, I think another problem is my least favorite scene. What's your least favorite part or least favorite scene in the movie? Um, um, I don't like the interaction. I don't really like any of his interactions with the brother. It's a missed opportunity for me. Yeah, I don't, yep. I, I don't really, I didn't really like it. I think they could have done a lot more than what they did with it. And I can't decide if that's uh, just a script thing or if it's maybe. I, I wasn't a big fan of that to get the LVP. That actor is on my short list for LVP. Mine as well. Because I feel Shea, like whatever Shay Wiggum. I feel like you need somebody that had a little bit more nuance to him. Yeah. Like somebody that like, he was just kind of a I guy. I mean, it, it's really hard to stand up to Bradley Cooper as a presence. And Robert De Niro. Sure, as a like yeah. And so I don't think this guy. Maybe that was purposeful. Like you have kind of this no, middle no. of the road, not wet blanket, but this guy that's so. just like because he's the one that doesn't have any problems. I can't talk about my the movie the rest of the time. I drop my phone down the couch. <laughs> I don't Continue. know how you're gonna get it back. I'm gonna get it. Back. Um, I, I I disagree with that. I think that you still need somebody who maybe. I mean, he didn't have a very big part. Which I think is purposeful. He's in like three scenes. Yeah, didn't have a very big part, but I still think you need somebody with a bigger presence to kind of match what they give, kind of kind of be able to take, you know, being that third most important person in that scene. Re- recast that role. Like, come up with like a, a character actor or somebody we've seen in another movie that would have, that you felt like would have been better. Uh, um, I don't like you doing the, that to me. Oh. Um, I've, been tr- I've been trying to think think of one, and everybody, everyone I think of is either, like, too gimmicky. Zac or... Efron. No, are you kidding? That's the worst idea no. I've ever heard in my entire no. life. Mm-mm. But, like, It subdued, makes no sense. Subdued Zac Efron. He's got good chemistry. No, you can't have somebody chemistry. that famous. No. No, it's going to be, like, Bradley Whitford. 
Like, it's got to be somebody, like... That's not bad. Yeah, like, somebody that, like, brings some baggage from, from some other shit into the movie with him. And, you know, you kind of know who that... Like, I don't know who Shea Wiggum is. I, I've seen the name before, but... Um, oh, I know who... Oh, what's his name? I gotta think of... Tell me what he's in. Um, all the Tarantino movies. Um, Tim Roth? Yeah. Yeah, too, I think Tim Roth would have been ominous. good. I don't think so. Oh, too there's villainy. a fly. A bunch of flies. What the fuck? There's two flies in here. <laughs> no, that's flies. not a fly. What is it? Is but, that the ladybug? I think it's a ladybug. Who's going to get killed in the oh, no. fan? Son of a bitch, there's so many bugs in here. Well, it's because you were outside with the door open. The I whole told day. you to close the door. I didn't hear that, so it was open the whole time. So, my least favorite scene, there's kind of two. There are, I think there's three or four of them, but there are two or three too many of the parents and Pat, like, fighting and arguing scenes. They are just too much. They're just too needling. All Jackie Weaver really does is stand in the back and cry. It boggles my mind how she got an Academy Award nomination from this movie. I don't mean to make that sound like insulting. Because she made some, some crabby snacks and To her performance. She just does do absolutely want, nothing of importance. In do you this want some movie. crabby snacks and homemades? I it 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 really I struggle with. I, I didn't really know that struggle she got with that. That's crazy. Yeah, she got nominated for best supporting actress for this movie, um, but particularly so like the first scene of like his dad, you know, needling him after he reads the book and he throws the book out the window and stuff. Mm. But the after the dinner scene and. You know, the walk home, the wedding video freak out just really tested my patience. Yeah. And again, I'm going to give the movie some credit for kind of tackle, like having the balls to tackle that sort of thing in what I believe is probably a realistic scenario. I'm sure there are people with bipolar disorder that have had those laser-focused moments of, I need this thing right fucking now. Absolutely. I can't find it. And they just go off the deep end for it, Absolutely. no matter how debilitating it is for the, the ones that they love who are surrounding Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I mean, and even, like, and that's also, like, a verge of a panic attack sometimes. But, yeah, exactly. Like, that's when you're, like, into. right, like, like, you need it now. Like, you can't always explain it. But it turning into, like, this legit fight that they're, like, punching and fighting each other and accidentally elbows his mom and the cop has to come over and all this, like, it just became, like, too taxing for me. Like, I have very much been, you know, at times pretentious on this podcast about, what? you know, about film and having deeper meaning and, what? you know, having means, having things, you know, stand for things you know, and we watch a lot it, of uncomfortable shit. Sure. But well, sometimes it's just there to entertain you, man. Yeah, sometimes I just want to be entertained. And in a movie where... In like the third or fourth movie I can think of off the top of my head where it's just Bradley Cooper hanging out with a famous black comedian from the 90s. Um, and you have, you know, jokes about Deshaun Jackson jerseys and Andy Reid as a coach is still fucking things up even in a fantasy world. Like, I, I want to, you know, I want to just kind of kick back at it, you know. Or if I do need to, you know, get emotionally invested, I'm not watching this family get torn apart and then five minutes later... You know, potentially have some ha ha he he's over, sure, sure. you know, over Bradley Cooper wearing a garbage bag. Like, so that, that scene really was hard for me to, to fucking get through. Because also, it fucking drags. Yeah. The cop comes in, De Niro goes outside, De Niro's talking to the neighbors. De Niro goes to the fucking the kid who's recording everything and threatens him. Didn't ask, say he was going to butt fuck his father in the front lawn with his headless corpse. That would have made it better. Uh, it, it's just. Just too much. That was a deleted scene. You missed it. Oh, yeah. Um, also, my least favorite part of the movie was uh, the reminder of the Weinstein Company at the beginning of it, which just happens way too much. <laughs> Turns out they did a lot of movies. Right. And it's going to bother me for the next right. 50 but, years. Like, that's why I said, like, you can't, like, boycott them. Like, as much as I would like to. It's one of those things. Yeah, it's just one of those fucking things. It sucks. Um, let's get into performances, because I think we already kind of probably know our answers, maybe, although I, I want to have a discussion probably about two other people. Um, MVP is still hard. I, it's Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, Robert De Niro does such a good job 
in the emotional scene, and he like starts to cry. That was improvised. He didn't. He was not supposed to cry. Okay, so I mean, come on, that's amazing. He did a great job. I'm always gonna push for for Robert De Niro. He reminds me so much of my grandfather, Mm -hmm. and in this, he reminded me a lot of my grandfather because we all think that my grandfather had undiagnosed OCD. Okay, everything always had to be in its place, kind of like you a little bit. Like everything has to be. Where it's supposed to be. Well, just things should look nice. Yeah, but if I move this, like, well, so when we record, this. so when we we record, we record on my iPod. You're missing the recorder. iPad Mini. Fuck, you are right. <laughs> right. And we use the recorder app, and it's a image of a microphone. Right. The microphone image has no bearing on where the actual input on Here. my look. The input doesn't change on my iPad. Here's what I'm trying to avoid for you. If we let that happen and anything is wrong with this recording, I will never forgive you and I will blame that in you for it. Chris, Chris. Don't do it. My iPad. Look, right here. You see this thing right here? That's the microphone for Uh the iPad right there. So if the top of this microphone on the picture is the other way, guess what? This one is still right here. It doesn't pick us up from the fucking picture. I know that. It can that. stay upside down like that. that. But I just but don't. But what? I just don't like it. <laughs> okay. I don't like it. That's been all for this week's episode <laughs> of Mary the Movie. Uh, so De Niro is, is my solid number three. Um, I think he's great. <laughs> um, when the movie started, I forgot about how good. Stop. Does it really bother Stop. you? Yes, it does much? bother me. It does. <laughs> Uh, when the movie started, I was like, fuck, Bradley Cooper is so good in this. He's so good. He's so committed. He's so locked in. He reminds me a lot of Matt Levin uh, <laughs> in a different way. Um, that I was like, man, it's going to be really hard. Especially because it's sad that I feel like Jennifer Lawrence has a bit of a, a negative connotation to her now. Over the past you know, five or ten years from kind of being inactive. And then being in, a, in some things that just were so negatively received. Sure. So like kind of the end of the Hunger Games movies, her last couple X-Men performances, uh, Mother, things that just, you know, and then she kind of disappeared beyond like the David O. Russell movie, like she did that Joy movie. Um, that you forget like how fucking mm-hmm. hot she was in like 10 different ways at this time. Oh, was Whereas she? now, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, she makes you believe that she's not 21 years old in this. She's supposed to be like in her mid thirties. Um, Bradley Cooper, on the other hand, is one of the most successful people in Hollywood in a writing, directing, acting, deservedly producing so. sense. Deservedly um, so. I think he's really talented. So he, he's incredible in this. But earlier when we were talking about scenes and my issues with them, I believe on two or three different occasions, I specifically said when Jennifer Lawrence then came into the scene, it began to take off. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is the answer. She was the person that was recognized by the Academy, when um, I feel it was rightfully so. So she would be my vote for MVP. Would you agree? You make a good point. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. You were really going to go with De Niro. I really love De Niro in this. I think it's a great performance of his. I think it's a very good performance as well. But I, but I also think Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence do an amazing job. Like Bradley Cooper really does a lot to carry this movie. Uh, that is Jennifer Lawrence's second MVP, so she will join the multi-time MVP list, which is growing. Definitely over fifty entries at this point. How many? How many women do we have here? Uh, she is one, two, three. Oh boy, uh, four. Five. This is bad. That's really bad. Right. Six. Seven. There's only seven multi-time female MVPs. Can you name them? Quick little quiz. Seven multi-time MVPs. Seven Jennifer Lawrence is one of them. So Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Sigourney Weaver? Correct. Um, hmm... Um, how can you tell me how many they have? Uh, all of them have two except one person is three. Okay, so Jennifer Lawrence, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, this is interesting. This is this is hard to do. 
Um, Riveting radio. That stop being so. Don't look at the wrist, you fucking cheater! You're looking at your fucking list. I know. I look at my list. Fuck you! I'm just gonna tell you now. I can't remember names. Um, let me think. I'm telling you because you're wasting too much time and you were cheating. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, Sandra Bullock. Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rose Byrne. Yeah. Jessica Roth because it's two Happy Death Day movies, and the person with three is Emma Stone. Ah uh, yes, oh uh, yes, this checks out. This but that's, good. I mean, for this the makes me happy. The big asses. De Niro has three. Um, so and Bradley Cooper, I believe, is still without one. He won, should have been MVP on the mullets, but he doesn't have an official MVP yet. Uh, LVP. We'll talk about people that it's not. Um, I, I was kind of shitting on Jackie Weaver a little bit earlier. She doesn't do enough to no, warrant either one. No. Um, uh, I'll, I'll always be happy with some Julia Stiles. Um, I'll I, always be happy with I some hate, Chris. I hate Julia Stiles. Why do you hate Julia Stiles? I hate Julia Stiles. Why? In this movie or just in general? In general. Why? Did you ever see the movie Save the Last Dance? I have not. It was an actual answer on my box office game today, though. Cool. Watch a movie and tell me how you feel about Julia Stiles. I mean, I'll, Julia Stiles is on my list. So Is she really? In like that weird I way. I feel like she's got just such a flat duck face. Number one, I don't know why you're twiddling your thumbs the whole time you're talking about this. And number two, you are such a fucking woman. <laughs> you immediately try to come up with this, like, biting, like, insult to her to, to no, that, tear I her down. No, I think she has a face that is very flat and looks like a duck at the same time. I think people got what you meant. Um, I'm putting her on your list. I think that's absurd. Well, she's on my list. I didn't put Jennifer Lawrence, uh... In this movie on my list as well. Uh, Chris Tucker, who I wish was in this movie more. Oh, yeah. He was great. He's, he was he was just great comedic relief. Great Chris repertoire. Tucker's done like six movies in 20 years. Three of them are Rush Hour. And then one of the other three is like this. It's just... Keep getting them checks, Chris Tucker. Keep them. getting them checks. Well, I mean, he should need them because he got like $20 million for all the Rush Hour movies each. But, you know. I uh, also want to give a shout out to the, the cop who had a really key part in this uh, past season of Law & Order... Uh, organized crime, like that actor. He's good. Um, so LVP. So I have three. I think it'll probably wind up being Shea Wiggum, just be, just from what we talked about before. Okay. Those scenes faltered. The other two I had, one redeemed himself, was Dr. Cliff. Um, I love Dr. Cliff. I liked, I love Dr. Cliff. The tailgating Cl scene is I so great. The tailgating scene is what saved him, because I love when that happens. And so that's what my note was, was, he felt like in those scenes with Bradley Cooper, which I thought those scenes were fine, but it was mostly because of Bradley Cooper, I felt like he was like an actual fucking doctor. Yeah, he's an actual therapist. And It's like when Ken Juan's in Yeah, but it's different. It. But Ken Juan's going to be like, I'm Ken Juan. But he's an actual doctor. Sure, but I wanted somebody that... He felt like an actual doctor in a bad way, and they're like, they just got a doctor for this? Like... I wanted somebody that could combat him a little bit, that could maybe have a little bit of charisma. And then once he was part of the tailgate scene and like he cut loose a little bit and he's just hanging around, I, I ended up digging him a lot. Sure. My other one was uh, Ronnie, the, the friend. He had a really, really interesting energy. He just felt like John Leguizamo was not available that week to me. Does that make sense? He absolutely. A, lo does. a lot of his energy felt really misplaced. It does, but I don't want to. I don't want to hold that against him. No, I, 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 I'm just pointing out people in the movie that, like, I was like, man, I wish you were somebody else. I would mm. happily recast you. The the key offense to that though is, I think, the person we decided. It's Shea Wiggum. It's the it's the brother. Yeah. He's just he's just such a a missed opportunity, um, in the the bigger scope of everything. Uh. So, I, there's a couple things. I talked about absurdity. There's a couple things before we, we wrap up the, the movie here. Um, did you see who this movie originally was going to be casted with? No. Okay. So, originally, they were looking at, for, the, for Pat, Vince Vaughn. Mm. And for Tiffany, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> What? Samantha's classic visual only Zoe Deschanel impersonation. I wasn't ever made for a podcast. My voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, you weren't made for entertainment. Um, 
That's rude. I'm funny. You're eating fucking crybaby tears in the middle of this. So? We should have gotten some more when we were at five below. you. I realized I was going to be like, your mouth's full. But no, you have to put the whole box in your mouth, including the box. Is that the best you could come up with? Just right now, because I'm trying to get my fucking point about what a bad movie this would have been. <laughs> Although I feel like, number one, I can't see the two of them kiss. <laughs> That's just such a weird image. <laughs> She's so small and he's such a fucking giant. Um, I could see him as that character would be much funnier, but probably unbearable. <laughs> I was like, there was like, I caught like 20 minutes of Wedding Crashers on TV the other day. I was finishing typing something up. And I was like, man, he just doesn't fucking stop in this movie. It is great for Wedding Crashers, but I don't know how he's going to do anything else yeah. in this. I think uh, that, yeah. Zoe Deschanel would have been absolutely atrocious. She would have been so bad. <laughs> so bad. She's got one note and she can barely do it. I don't think she could play this range. Mm. Uh, the, the, the point I was going to get, I forgot I had that note. Um, the point I was going to get about the absurdity of it. So what fucking dance contest is this? Like, there are people with professional outfits, like professional dancers. Like, how do they even, All like, ages. anybody can just sign up for it? Sure. Like, so we saw, you know, professional dancers, their outfits, their tans, their sparkles, everything. And they're getting, like, seven, like high sevens, low eights, and they're, like, disappointed. What we saw, as funny as it was, had whatever the big move was, is totally botched. Completely. It, yeah. Her vagina was in his face. <laughs> but she is she is ear fucking him with her vagina. Uh, the white stripes stuff is is good. The um the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers little bit is also good. Um, and their traditional stuff like it's all fine. But like, there's no way in this competition. They're even coming close to those scores, unless it's the kind of thing like in the NBA dunk contest when you miss and they're like, oh, we still got to give you a six. Like, they, they couldn't go below a certain number. I, I sure. don't know. Um, but, like, they also had a lot of effort. You know, you get points for effort. I guess. I guess, I guess that's what it was. I just, as, it's just ludicrous. <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous. Um, just like, I guess I can't say what I'm about to say. I'm a big proponent of like superstitions and omens and good luck charms and things like that. Um, I'm, I, I believe in a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Mm, do uh, you? Um. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, like we talked about the poker thing earlier when I, when I was mm. in the bachelor party, I refused to sit in any other seat <laughs> but the seat I was yeah. in and I won both games uh, I just you know I had good luck in that seat and I was going to continue to sit in it um, I wear certain things certain ways fuck man I am this movie Jesus Christ that's why I don't like this movie because this movie made me realize I have so many problems with myself this is why you made me watch this wasn't it no <laughs> well to be fair you are Tiffany without the slut part Sure. And the dead husband. Yeah. I mean, we can remedy one of those two things. <laughs> He's going to go and fuck a bunch of people or are you going to slit my throat? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Maybe I won't. <laughs> um, so the big David O. Russell comeback is coming. I think actually, so the David O. Russell comeback is coming because he's got, uh, I think it's still called Canterbury Tales, coming out next year. Um... Oh, geez, I just saw what his, his alleged sexual assault thing was back in 2011, and it's ghastly. It's horrible. It was a family member. Oh, that's um, gross. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's called Amsterdam now. But it's got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anna Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Mike Miles, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Taylor Swift, and we'll Rami Malek, and Robert De Niro. Okay, well, we're going to go see Midnight Showing. It is about three friends becoming prime suspects of a murder in the 1930s. Let's go. Uh, and then I believe Jennifer Lawrence has a movie coming out this year. I know she, well, she had, she, her first movie in like five or six years was Don't Look Up, which I thought she was very good in. Um, and there was another one. I got to find it. Hold on. Her next role is in 
Causeway. Yes, which just came out this year. Um, with Brian Tyree Henry. That's right. It's oh, a psychological nice. drama that uh, premieres at TIFF. So I am hopeful. And Jane Howdeshell's in it, who uh, I really, really like. She is Bunny Folger in Only Murders. Ooh, and Stephen McKinley Henderson, who I also like, who's great on Devs. He's a good character actor. Uh, okay, so they're both coming back, and I'm happy about one. Great. Let's score it so we can get wrapped up here, unless you have anything else for Silver Linings Playbook. Mm, no, I think we covered everything that I have on my list. An, one minor thing is that I'm very, very sad that, like, so this movie made, like, $130 million. Like, this movie was the tail end of, if you're a good reviewed movie that is going to get nominated for a bunch of awards and has movie stars in it, like, people are going to go fucking see it and know it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I like that era of movies and the world. And now, this movie will go on Hulu or Netflix or Apple TV, and it's just, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this movie, and like... No buzz or... or... Yeah, like, this movie just doesn't have the... like. The fact that this movie made a hundred, like, no peasant made a hundred and thirty million dollars. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like a big budget popcorn summer blockbuster movie. This movie made like twice as much as DC League of Super Pets is made right now. Like, that's absurd. Um, It's just simpler times. Uh, Anything else for Silver Linings? No, I think we covered it. All right, let's score it. it was hmm. your original pick, which means I would technically score it first. Look, I I said before, I believe it is a slightly above average movie, so I'm going to give it a six, uh, which probably is maybe higher than it seems like I was going to go with this entire time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I can appreciate the performances, and I can appreciate a lot of the scene work that was done. I think this is a, it was a overrated movie at the time. And I think over time it is now becoming appropriately rated and that most people have forgotten about it, but it's ultimately, if you sit down and watch it, fine, it's sure it, it's fine. It would be much better if it was able to focus itself on one goal in terms of what it wants its audience to feel. Samantha? I can understand that. Um, I was going to go a little bit higher, but I think that you convinced me through the course of this. Um, not going as high. Um, seven and a half is what I'm going to give it. Okay. I do enjoy this movie. I think it's really great. Um, so it's yeah. a 6.75 for Silver Linings Playbook. So as I mentioned before, next week will be Apollo 13, then hopefully 8th grade. So on uh, September 16th will be our next movie, barring us being able to uh, stream it or the movie collection has been outlined or has been uh, displayed properly for people to find it. So can you, for me, bring up a random number generator as you were about to fall asleep on me? Yeah, I was. I I thought I was done. Uh, 1 to 114, please. Now, I will add a caveat here. I am already planning for our Halloween uh, month, October, so there is a few movies that if we get, I would like to hold off to for October and then draw another one. When okay. we come time after this one we're about to do, um, I want to p- p- particularly do something for those seven or eight movies that would fulfill that on this list. What is our number? Our number is nine. Nine. Oh, man. What is it? Oh, it's a bad one. Oh, no! <laughs> And we are on fire when it comes to I, I meant, fantasy basketball movies. Oh no, I meant 104. We'll be watching the direct-to-DVD Kevin Durant film Thunderstruck. Oh, God. <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> Let me see if Thunderstruck is streaming anywhere. Struck movie. No, not the ACDC song, which better be in the movie. Please enough. Can you please? I'm, like, I'm not asleep. I'm awake. You're like cuddling up. I know you. You're I'm cold. Asleep. Everything that's going on with HBO Max, and it's currently on HBO Max. That's hilarious. So, Thunderstruck. You better watch it before it gets taken off, though. 
I cannot believe I'm finally getting to watch this movie. This is another 2012 movie. So I'm very excited. What happened in your life? In, uh... Well, I didn't buy it then. I bought it like in 2013. <laughs> um, that's going to be great. I can't wait for that. Um... Awesome. <laughs> we get to watch another one with Jillian. Oh, good. Jill she'll, be, she'll be so oh, happy. She'll be so happy. Then I get to watch it four more times. Yeah, I ain't going to watch it in again, a row. <laughs> That'll be great. So great. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe every year to podcasts. Go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. I keep saying it. It's coming. The Married with Podswoggle Part 2. Um, as soon as I get around to having free time to edit I don't know what's actually happening there because um, it was so long ago and I was drunk, so I don't know what we said. I need to make sure I don't end my career. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us show what you think of the show. Samantha has fallen asleep. I have not fallen asleep. So you can at least open your eyes and look at me I'm while looking. I do this. Thank you very much for your decency. At your host, Malt38 on Instagram. You don't get to plug your Twitter. At Jam with your Sam. No, no, no. I'm going to bleep that out. Um, Please don't. Arcadeaudio.net slash podlogo for my retro wrestling diary. This week's edition is In Your House Final Four. I'm not going to promote it any more than that. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Great main event. Yeah. That, that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah. And they'll do it. For a mullet. Just smell it. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Great banter to end it, sleepy. I'm... Uh, uh, you stole all my thunder. I didn't know what Struck! That was so... I'm going to spit take myself. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.